This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Whoa, goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh, he played. Oh, he's the Hello and welcome to the only podcast for every non-FBS team in the state of Texas. This week we're previewing our game of the week between UIW and Southeastern Louisiana, along with Tarleton, who is hosting Southern Utah and East Texas Baptist, is visiting Howard Payne. I am Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey Hogue Sports. That's at C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E, sports, all one word. And find my work at texasfootball.com. Joining me, as always, is Riley Zayas, who is quickly becoming one of the foremost experts in Division Three athletics of any sport. He's got it all covered. You can find Riley on Twitter at Zayas Riley, Z-A-Y-A-S-R-I-L-E-Y, all one word. But you probably know him more from his work at truetothecrew.com, T-R-U-E, truetothecrew.com. That is the source for everything Mary Harden, Baylor. And if you're a fan of anyone in the American Southwest or anyone who plays UMHB, he gets a lot of stuff, a lot of previews and things from other coaches and other, other people they're going against. So if your team's playing them, definitely hit up True to the Crew and find his work there. Also find him on on the social media channels at true to the crew that I think about covers, uh, covers all that stuff. Riley, can you believe we are at week six of the college football season? It is crazy, Corey. I mean, I feel like we talk about every week, but at the same time, I feel like just the other day we were talking about season openers and and things like that. Week two matchups. And now we're all of a sudden, you know, looking at it, it, we're midway through the season. A lot of teams have reached that, you know, midway point. A few maybe are getting closer to that this week or, or the week, you know, next week. But regardless, I think everyone's starting to realize that this is getting closer to the home stretch of the season. And uh, it's an exciting time, but it definitely feels like this season has gone by way too fast up to this point. We've we've definitely uh, been blessed with a lot of great matchups, and it's kept us entertained. But at the same time, I think a lot of these teams – have found out a lot about themselves, as we'll talk about here in a few minutes. For a few of these teams, our preseason projections were not quite where we where these teams have ended up. There's been some surprises for sure, and that's that's just added to the excitement. It, it really has. And now we're into conference play. These games, every one of these games from here on uh, will matter and will make a difference and determine in Division Three and in FCS automatic bids. Uh, and, you know, so now you're in the heart. You're, most of your non-conference games are out of the way. You're in the heart of your season, especially in Division Two and Division Three. Uh, I, I think in the FCS, I'm not sure the United Athletic Conference, it's I, I think that winner could be any one of about eight teams. It is so deep there. And then in the Southland, UIW has seemingly separated themselves, but we don't know that yet. 
They've got to prove that this weekend. They're going to have some tough. Nichols has been looking kind of solid. You, you know, Houston Christian Lamar are better. I, but I don't know if they're going to make a run at UIW this year, how that's going to play out. I think in Division Two, I look at it with uh, you've got Angelo, Central Washington, and UTPB has now entered that discussion of the top three in the conference with a real chance to win. Uh, but the one I really kind of want to hit on a little bit, Riley, is Texas A&M Kingsville. Uh, I was at that game against UTPB last week, and I saw just a horrific injury uh, to quarterback Jacob Cavazos. And, and thankfully, all reports are positive. He is doing well and hope and is expected to recover. The problem is it is his second concussion in five weeks. So we wish the young man well. He has a very difficult uh, decision ahead of him regarding his future. There's a lot more things important than football right now on the minds of uh, of his him and his family. And that's you know that that I think it's important to recognize, Riley, is that sometimes these guys that we cover they don't always have academic scholarships. They don't always have athletic scholarships, depending on the levels. They really do this because they love the game of football and they end up sacrificing a whole lot to play the game. They really do. And I think that that's what makes this level of, of college football so enthralling, you know, and, and, and makes, you know, so many fans want to come to these games because they, there is truly a, a different kind of passion right out on the field. These guys are putting a lot out there. You know, a lot of times, as you said, I mean, they're, they're not on scholarship or they're on partial scholarship uh in, in you know in certain cases um whether you know when you combine academic scholarships and things like that right um in terms of athletic scholarships you know even the guys that are on full scholarship they're not playing for the the bright lights and you know the fanfare they certainly enjoy playing for the big crowds but they're playing for their teammates they're playing for their school and that pride and that passion and you know it's it is difficult when injuries come up and and i think uh, and you certainly wish anybody who suffers an injury like that uh, the best. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, I think everyone's there to get a degree and to, to be able to move forward th- with their life and, um, you know, use this as a positive experience. And so we certainly uh, will wish him the best and, and you know, hopefully uh, he can make a good recovery and we'll see if he returns to the field, but it is a tough decision to make in that position. You know, the, the thing is 99.99% of the athletes that we cover at FCS and below do not make it to the NFL, do not get a chance at the NFL, do not get a chance at the XFL even, much less. Uh, some of them will go over to uh, places in Europe and, and others and play. Some, of course, you've got the arena leagues that, that'll play with the, the those things. But most of these guys, their they're playing careers aren't going up to uh, the NFL level. So Right. You know, what we see are guys that really just enjoy the game, enjoy playing, and it is fun to watch. And and with that, we move into a fantastic week six right here. Uh, we are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Megaphone, the platform of your choice. We are all over the place. And if you really want to help us, you enjoy this podcast, you want to help it grow, that's how you do it. You like it, you share, you rate us, you follow us. That way more people can find us, and that helps us grow. And we thank you so much for listening. 
Our game of the week this week, Riley, I think I'm going to get some side-eye on this one. Um, you've got 0-5 Southeastern Louisiana at, I believe they're 3-1 and UIW. They had a, a week off last week. I, I can understand the side-eye, but I think, Riley, if you look at the history between the Southland Conference and these two teams – pretty simple it's pretty simple what's what's on the line this weekend yeah for sure and at the end of the day these are the types of games that regardless of record right you hear coaches and players talk about this all the time there's always going to be games on their schedule once you get into conference play that they have circled and regardless of the record of the opponent they're going to go out and and bring their best and regardless of what their record is right there's going to be a certain level of intensity that maybe isn't always seen in some of these other matchups because there is just that history that goes back between these two teams. You know, Southeastern hasn't shown a whole lot uh, for us to think that they'll pull off an upset here. But then again, we know that they're a talented team. I mean, the the, the talent is on the roster, right? And so it's, it seems like a matter of just putting it all together. They, you know, the games where the defense has played well, the offense hasn't. And, you know, the games where the offense has looked better, the defense really hasn't uh, held the opponent to, to a low enough number of points to really allow the offense a chance to stay in it. So, you know, if they can play a complete game, we could see, you know, a little bit of an upset alert here. But at the same time, UIW certainly has reason to feel confident entering this matchup that they can, they can you know, move to four and one and continue to press forward here in the, the conference title chase. SLU has issues. They, they're not sure who their quarterback is. Both quarterbacks have played each game. Uh, one's more of a dual threat. One's more of a passing threat. Uh, neither one of them have been effective enough to really just take the job. The right. problem, I think, for SLU, when I was breaking down this matchup for the, the column that's coming out, if you're listening to this, this is likely coming out on a Thursday, and so will the Game of the Week story. So if you're listening to this, go check out that Game of the Week story. It's got grades in there from profootballfocus.com on some of this stuff. Uh, when I was looking at this, the matchup that really is going to decide this is this, the SLU offensive line, the UIW defensive line. Uh, the UIW defense as a whole is really good. But yeah. that defensive line, they get after the quarterback and stop the run. They are the best pass rush team in the country, and they're they're topping almost every one of them. But when it comes to what that defensive line plays a role in, man, that's where it begins and ends. And if SLU can't block them, I don't think they're going to have a chance. Yeah, and I would completely agree with that. I think that's the the big thing in this matchup is you look and you say, okay, what has UIW done so well? And, and a lot of it is just, you know, even their ability to put pressure on the quarterback, right? It doesn't even have to be sacks or tackles for loss. But if you're putting that pressure consistently, it's going to wear down the opposing offensive line. Uh, for one thing and the other thing is going to make that opposing quarterback uncomfortable and and that can force some incompletions give your defense a chance they're allowing the you know the fewest points per game you know of all the teams in the southland that's notable uh, because they have played some good teams you know and and so when you look at what that defense has done for uiw it definitely gives you some confidence that you know this team regardless of the offensive performance and we know the offense will probably be very good once again you know they're going to be able to to pull this out now you know, SLU, again, what concerns me, you know, without a consistent quarterback, kind of a, a you know, number one guy, right? I mean, we've, we've talked about this before on this podcast. You can go back and forth between two guys. Some teams have had a little bit of success with that. 
SLU, it, it just hasn't really worked out the way that they, they probably wanted to. No one's really taking over the job. I If that, you know, whoever's back there at quarterback can't stand up to this, you know, UIW pass rush, if they can't make, you know, quick reads and complete passes well and they wait too long, even a good offensive line performance may not be able to keep LS, uh, you know, SLU in this game. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting one to watch. The three of the last four have been decided by six points or less between these two teams. They have always been classics. Um, and UIW's owned the wins. They've won four of the last five, but they have not been easy. That game is at four o'clock on Saturday at Gale and Tom Benson Stadium in San Antonio. We move now to a game that is at 6 p.m. Saturday at Memorial Stadium in Stephenville, Texas, Southern Utah, coming in to visit Tarleton. Riley, I'm going to be there, man. That That is my game that I'm going to this week. I'm going to go watch the Thunderbirds and the Texans. We talked about Tarleton last week. Congratulations to Todd Witten on win number 100 uh, with Tarleton. That is a... a superior number to reach and he he's done it over two stints he's just a very successful coach and last week they went into southeastern louisiana and they took on a very very angry lions team and they got out of there with a 14 to 13 win they're coming in here meeting a southern utah team that has been they're 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 improving they're improving over where they were last year and they've played some good competition this year going to be an interesting uh, game when they meet out there in Stephenville rally. Yeah. Here's the thing, you know, when you start to look at this matchup and break some things down, you know, you see Southern Utah and you see the, the one in four record, right. And that's kind of at first glance, you think, okay, maybe this isn't going to be as good of a matchup as we think, but then you start to look at who Southern Utah has played, right. They lost to Arizona state by three points. Um, they lost to a very good UC Davis team nationally ranked by two points. And that was on the road. Um, you know, last week, obviously, you know, lose to Central Arkansas. We know they're such a good, good team within the league, and you know, nationally, they're 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 ranked. They were last week. Uh, you know, they they lose that one by two points. So they've been on the losing end of some of these games, but they haven't gotten blown out in in the majority of cases. And so you start to look and say, okay, if if this team could could uh, contend with Arizona State in week one, right? We're now further on to the season. What can they do? with this improvement, with this development, they're getting better, as you said. And, I, you know, at the same time, Tarleton, I mean, credit to them for finding a way to win a tough game out at Southeastern last week. You know, it was it was down to the wire. Both defenses played well. Uh, obviously, a, a dropped PAT uh, by Southeastern kind of allowed Tarleton to hold on in, in, in the victory in that one. But Tarleton, to me, seems like a team. They're just – they're battle-tested. They're ready to go. They're going to welcome uh, the, the competition, you know, at home and – play on their home turf should give them a little bit of an advantage here uh, in this matchup. I'm going to tell you, man, Southern Utah has is been road warriors. They play. I, what I'm more impressed with than their Arizona state uh, score is the fact that they, they played UC Davis and central Arkansas so close. Right. I know right. how good those two teams are as FCS Arizona state. That's a whole nother deal, right? That, <laughs> that's FBS, but I know how good those other two teams are. I've watched, uh, portions of their games this year and so for southern utah to be so close yeah. tells me they're a good team it also tells me this will be the toughest team that tarleton has faced in fcs this year and that's going to be exciting 
Another one that's going to be good. This one coming in Saturday at 1 p.m. We're going to Brownwood and East Texas Baptist visiting the Yellow Jackets of Howard Payne. East Texas Baptist, uh, a couple weeks ago, they had to come to a, um, we'll just go ahead and say come to Jesus moment. Uh, Coach Coach Ruzica was unhappy uh, after their game a couple weeks ago, and then they had a bye week. Oh, look. Those Tigers, man, they learned a lot in that two weeks, and they showed it last week. They came out, and they dominated. But they're coming against a Howard Payne team that we know is a little better, we know is a little defensive, and now they're a little upset because they had chances to beat Harden-Simmons last week, and they now know they cannot afford another loss in this conference. Yeah, listen, here's the thing. I, I was the one, I believe, last week who said that, you know, I didn't really – I wasn't completely sold on Howard Payne based on, you know, their first few opponents. What I saw from them against Harden Simmons was a team that looked much better than what I've seen the last two years. They're improved. They found ways to move the ball. They weren't incredibly reliant on the pass. They got a little bit of their run game going, which I wanted to see from them because I, I felt like, you know, if they were too pass-heavy – you know, Harden Simmons can be able to take that away, and certainly ETBU's defense could do the same. Uh, but but you know, they're they're a little bit more balanced, it feels like this year, and that helps the defense look good as well. Uh, yeah, they had chances to win that. You know, they made some decisions, you know, one situation to go for two, didn't get it and and fell behind by one point there. But at the end of the day, you know, this is a team from Howard Payne that that is very confident in, in what they can do. Uh, they believe they're still in contention for this ASC title. And, you know, they're going to need some help, right? They're going to need UMHB to probably beat Arn Simmons, uh, maybe some other things to happen as well based on the way the rest of this conference plays out. But ETBU, I, I wouldn't overlook them too much. They're 2-2. Two and two. Uh, They got a good good thing going right now. And as you said, they, they looked a lot better against Austin College last week. Look, Coach, Coach Rue uh, believes he has a, a solid team in there somewhere at ETBU. Yeah. And I believe he started to find a way to pull that out last week if they can carry that momentum into brownwood they will have a chance but we're not we're not picking that game yet riley we're gonna get the picks um but and before we get into our picks this week we need to let you know at home do not put any money on these you wouldn't win you're gonna lose money right like that's where (laughs) riley and i are (laughs) let's just be honest Last week, Riley, you're still in the lead overall. You're 24 and 21. Barely. Uh, hey, yeah. Four and five last week. I, I caught up a game last week. I'm 23 and 22 overall. It is so impressive. And five and four last week. So, Riley, we head into this week. We're going to start with our game of the week. We've got uh, SLU at UIW. But before we do that, since uh, you still lead, you get to pick if you're going to go first or second this week. Yeah, I'm going to go first here and start off. Um, you know, here's the thing with, with this matchup, um, SLU and, and, and UIW, we, we talked about a few minutes ago, and I think, you know, one of the biggest things that comes in, you know, again, is going to be can UIW's defense really just, you know, kind of go up against this SLU offense and, and give them a, a, a long day, right? And I think that's what's going to happen. I think the UIW pass rush is definitely good enough to do so. Um, and I think UIW ends up pulling this out by multiple scores. I just 
you know, SLU uh, may stay competitive for a half or maybe even three quarters, but I think um, ultimately UIW is going to find a way to, to pull it out. I can't disagree with you. I think, uh, I think there's two possibilities for this game, Riley, and I don't think either of them are good for SLU. I think the first possibility is probably a close to 10 point game and in UIW wins or a blowout. I, I don't see it the other way around. I think UIW's defense is just too good. And we are both on the Cardinals this week. We go to the game. I'll be attending uh, Southern Utah at Tarleton Riley. I, I was breaking down this matchup. I was looking at a lot of PFF numbers and grades. Southern Utah has played a very, very solid schedule. Tarleton has a good defense, man. That's secondary. Yeah. They've all, they've had a good secondary for they might be DBU and FCS, uh, to be honest with you. They've had a few go in, uh, drafted to the pros. It, you know, it's a solid coverage, solid secondary. They've got a solid D line. They do a good job stopping the run. And I, I I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it to the home team. I think they they come in and they get that big win over the Thunderbirds. Yeah, I agree. I think this is going to be a big-time defensive battle. I think that's going to be one of the major takeaways for everyone who tunes into this game is there in person. I think both defenses are really going to rise to the occasion. Uh, I think Tarleton ends up pulling this one out, though. I, I think it, it, it may be a, a three- or four-point game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be by a whole lot, but I think Tarleton finds a way to get the job done and uh, ultimately pick up a, a very tough, hard-fought win over, over a good Southern Utah team. That is, that's a, that's a, a Thunderbird team on the rise. Okay, our third game we've already kind of previewed here, ETBU at Howard Payne. Riley, it's your turn to go first. Yeah, and, and you know, as uh, I really, really like what's going on with ETBU, what Coach Rue is building there. Um, you know, Cornelius Banks, their, their quarterback, looked really, really good, um, you know, last week against Austin College. But ultimately, I think Howard Payne finds a way to get this one done. I just think uh, – they're going to be able to, to to score a few more points and, and pull away from that ETB defense a, a bit more than maybe what ETB's offense can do against the Howard Payne defense. I mean, listen, we talk a lot about the Howard Payne offense, but the Howard Payne defense is they're good too. And and they definitely deserve some respect. Um, they take Howard Payne uh, by, by maybe, you know, somewhere around 10 points. I, I could see this, this being decided. You know, I, I, uh, I, I agree with coach Ruth. I think there is a good Tigers team left inside ETBU. I'm just not convinced that that it's a good enough team to beat Howard Payne. I, I just think Howard Payne has got a, a, a little more athlete in them than uh, ETBU has this year. And so, yeah, I too, I'm going to go with the Yellow Jackets. And that takes us into one of the toughest games this week to pick. Riley, we're going going to Commerce America, as they like to say. We're going to see McNeese at Texas A&M Commerce. These two teams, McNeese is a team that had high expectations. They come in winless. Commerce is a team, I don't know if anyone is surprised they're winless because they've played the toughest schedule in FCS, and I don't think that's even really a question mark. Uh, but that offense has just struggled struggled mightily and i know i've got to pick first in this one i'm gonna ride the cowboys i think i just feel like they have 
maybe a little more offense than commerce has defense right now. Like it's going to be another one of those close, close games like they had last year, but last year commerce had an offense with a quarterback capable of creating at times. And they haven't shown that yet this year. So I'm going with the Cowboys. Yeah. And I certainly, uh, certainly agree with you on, on that assessment there. Uh, the one thing with, for me with commerce, I just think, with the type of competition they played, you know, the, the number of really, really just talented teams, they've been tested so many times. I think that's going to start to pay off. I think we're going to see it more and more uh, when it look, you know, when it comes to their record, I'm going to take commerce in this one. I, I think it's going to be close. I, I don't think they're going by a whole lot, but I, I, I like to see what commerce can do. I'm uh, looking forward to watching that defense in action. I think if the defense can really step up, I think that's what's going to keep them in this game. I think that's the key, especially because there are some question marks uh, with the offense. Riley, you almost had to call the the ambulance for me here, not because of your pick <laughs> of commerce, but because we just had a, a lightning and thunder strike that lit up the outside here. It's uh, five o'clock in the evening on Wednesday, and it was lit up with electricity and I could see it out the window, and it was not expected, man. <laughs> I love these Texas thunderstorms, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, Texas weather is very unpredictable, and we certainly uh, certainly have seen that. It's bright and sunny here just a few hours south of you. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, well, yesterday it was raining down in Houston area all day, too. So it's just – it's out it, man. It's a big state. It is, trust me, it is a very, very big state. We're heading now. We're going to Utah. Utah Tech facing Stephen F. Austin. Riley, who you got? Yeah, this is going to be another really good matchup. I think we're going to see a, a tight one play out here. Um, but Stephen F. Austin has the edge, in my opinion, just when you start to look and um, you know see what see what they've done. I I think that offense is improving there for for SFA, and I think that for me has been one of the bigger things that, that I've enjoyed seeing from them is the fact that there definitely seems to be some improvement on that front. And I think, uh, you know, they're going to find a way to get this one done. And again, it's not going to be an easy win by any means. Um, I don't think they're going to win by a whole lot, but I think SFA finds a way to get the job done out there on the road. This is going to be a tough, tough game, tough road game. I know uh, Colby will have his guys ready for this one. Utah tech is better. They're better than they have been. This is also their fourth year of transition and this is their best team since they entered into uh, FCS. So with that said, the Lumberjacks have a better defense, man. And I'm going to go with the better defense 99 times out of a thousand or something like that. Uh, And so we're going, we're both on SFA and just to, so far the one game we differ on is McNeese and Commerce. So that, that tells you that's going to be one we're watching closely this week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All righty, we move into Kingsville. Texas A&M Kingsville, they are hosting West Texas A&M. Riley, this is a Buffs team that has lost the last two weeks by a total of two points. And they have all, it's almost becoming comical in a way, because the first week, they had a big lead, UTVB, stormed back, sent it to overtime, WT went for two. That didn't feel like that, – that was like a really good performance from the Buffaloes. Well, they don't come out as well the last week in Western Oregon, and Western Oregon gets up on them. This time, they're the ones making the comeback. 
Western Oregon scores with two seconds left to take a lead. And if, uh, if you go to press pass sports, Kelsteed has this covered wonderfully there. He's got a great breakdown. The last two seconds of the game, which took about probably 20 minutes. Uh, Cause with two seconds left, Western Oregon scored a touchdown. Then they kick off and it goes out of, it goes uh, through the end zone for a touchback. West Texas throws it about 35 yards down the field. It is complete and a roughing the passer penalty tacked on brings it down for a 44 yard field goal attempt that goes wide, right with zero left on the clock. And that is how the buffs lost last week. And they are heading into Kingsville to face a Havelina team whose quarterback will not be there. Jacob Cavazos is a big reason. Uh, the, the quarterback they have playing, he's a little indecisive. Um, and that is a, I don't think he's comfortable yet in the offense. I think that's what it is. I just saw he had a, he took a long time making his reads. And when you do that against a good defense that you're not going to have a lot of time for that. New TPB is a good defense, but that said, Kingsville can run the ball. They've got a very good offense and they know how to run the ball. WT has tremendous linebackers. I think in this one, my goodness, Riley, I'm really, I'm real. This one, I think, is a very, very close game. You know, I'm going to go with the home team. It's that close that at this point, I'm just going to give it to the home team. I'm going with the Havilinas. Yeah, this is one of those games where, you know, when, when I was taking a look at this, just looking at the schedule, I mean, it, it sticks out to you because, I think partially, you know, West Texas A&M with those back-to-back losses by one point, obviously the way that they lost, there's going to be a, a little bit of, of motivation there, right? They, they're they going to want to get get a win and, and make a statement, probably get back in the win column because they don't like that feeling of losing, you know, back-to-back games by one point, coming oh so close to getting a win only to, you know, see it kind of, you know, lost for, you know, in different situation both times, right? But uh, really, I think for me, it comes down to can Kingsville's offense produce against this West Texas, you know, defense. And, and WT, I just I, I, I've liked what I've seen from their defense, from their linebackers especially. I think they find a way to to get a few stops on Kingsville and and pull out a victory here. Could be a low scoring game, uh, you know, but but we'll see. I mean, Kingsville's offense and as you mentioned, the rushing attack. It's gonna come down to can WT. Uh, you know, really stop that rushing attack. If they can, if they can force Kingsville to throw the ball a little bit, could create some turnover opportunities there. Um, West Texas, again, just a great, great defense. I think they can find a way to get this job done. Got to tell you, they both have really, really, really good defenses. And I watched Kingsville in person last week. And uh, Amos Coleman, defensive, the preseason defensive player of the year. There's a reason, man. That guy is really talented back there at safety. I do like WT's quarterback, Cannon Gibson, true freshman coming in from week. He has done really well. He's growing. I think, I, I just think the it's about the future right now. And yeah. uh, I, I'm not sure in the present, they can't. I, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm so torn on that that I'm just picking the home team, and that's that's really how close it is. So we split on that one. There we go. We got another one to watch this weekend here. All right, Riley. We got the Sagu Southwestern Assemblies of God is traveling to meet the Baptists of Wayland Baptist, the Pioneers, 
in plain view, this is going to be a game. Uh, it's at two o'clock on Saturday. This is going to be an interesting game, man. This, this one is one that Wayland Baptist has kind of been a little up and down in Marco Hinojosa's first year. But Sagu is injured, man. They've been ravaged by injuries, including to their quarterback. It's just not quite the same Sagu team. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, I think those injuries may play a little bit of a, a bigger role than, than maybe even we expect um, in the outcome of this one. It's going to be close, though. I, I really think both teams come in uh, with, with a, you know, a lot of confidence, a lot of reasons that they want to want to pull out a victory here and, and certainly believing that, you know, they can do so because they're, you know, I went back and forth. There's, there's positives for both, for both sides, but um, with Wayland Baptist to me, I, I think they just played some really tough opponents. I think that's partially what we've seen in terms of some of the up and down performances. Um, they've, they've faced some good competition, right? And, and that'll, they'll test you. It could tag you with a few losses as it has in their case, but I think they have a, have a good chance here to, to win this game make a statement to get in the win column. I'm going to take Wayland Baptist by by only a couple of points. I don't think it's going to be by much, but I think they have a little bit of an advantage here for, for a few different reasons. And um, I think they, they have they have the talent. And, again, the injuries from for Saigu may, may come into play a little bit, especially as the game progresses and we start to see uh, some different matchups play out. This is a much different Pioneers team than it was last year. And this is also a much different Lions team than it was last year. Both coaches are really good coaches. Greg Ellis at Sagu is a tremendous coach. Marcos Hinojos, as we said, is a great coach at Wayland Baptist. But, I, I, you know, on this one, I just think the injuries have been too much. There are so many starters out for the Lions. I think this one is going to go to the Pioneers as well. And now we move down to the oh-so-fun Southwest Junior College Football Conference. The JUCOs, Riley, and boy, do they keep providing results you can never guess. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. And it, start, it starts with this one here. Uh, we've got Northeastern Oklahoma A&M at Cisco. This is a Northeastern Oklahoma A&M team that had struggled until they faced Tyler last week, and then they lost in overtime by three. That tells me that's a pretty good team. I know how good Tyler is. This is a Cisco team, though, that went and played Kilgore last week. This is a good Wranglers team. They are much improved uh, in Stephen Lee's first year uh, on this one, and I believe this is one I have to pick first. I'm going with Stephen Lee, man. I am I am sold on him. I'm sold on his on what he's done with the Wranglers. I am impressed. I am very impressed with what he's done. Give me the Wranglers this week, Riley. And I'm going to go the same, Corey. I'm going to take Cisco to win this one. Uh, yeah, I, I just think what, what Stephen Lee's done there in, in terms of, you know, leading this program and kind of starting starting to build it, you know, his way with, with his, you know, his goals and, and philosophies. Uh, you know, the one thing that concerns me a little bit, the defense hasn't looked – you know, as good to where you think they could totally shut down you know, their opponent. But at the same time, I think they have the edge here. I think they're going to be able to, to, to hold off, uh, you know, Northeastern, you know, Oklahoma A&M and, and find a way to get this one done. Um, I don't think, again, I think it's going to be a close game. I think we're going to, we're going to see another tight one. And who knows with some of these matchups, the way 
different things will play out, but, but I think Cisco has the edge here. I'm going to take them to win this ballgame. We both have the Wranglers. I will say, too, the NEO the last few years have not been known for offense at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really bad offense at NEO. All right, that takes us to the final, and maybe this might be one – this is definitely one of the tougher ones to pick uh, this week. You got Tyler headed to the Wool Bowl in Roswell to face New Mexico Military Institute, uh, a NEMI team that we also know. We've talked about them on this podcast before, Riley. They're really good. Flip a coin. It's the SWJCFC, man. What do you got? I know, right? It's a complete toss-up here. Um, you know, the thing with with Tyler to me is, you know, they're two and zero in conference, right? They they've 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 looked good and they've looked consistent, right? And I think that's that's something that I value a lot and look at these teams. They've they've put together some good performances, and I I think ultimately, you know, they, there's a lot of talent on both sides. But it, you know they're 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 on the road. That's another thing to consider in this one. But I think Tyler is going to find a way uh, to not just win this one, but I think they're going to win by by at least you know a couple of scores. And, and again, that may be a little bit of a bold prediction here, but I just think Tyler um, has looked you know so good when it comes to both sides of the ball. They're balanced. You know, give me Tyler in this. One. All right, Riley. I can't say you're wrong. Uh, but I, I can't say I agree with you. They they lost to Kilgore to open the season. That's a good Kilgore team. Then they they go play Georgia Military College. I don't know anything about them. They they come back with a, a good win. The win at, at Trinity Valley, that opened my eyes. It really did, that, that three-point win. But then last week opened my eyes again because you only beat a bad, what I consider to be a not good NEO town. Right. They're not bad, but they're not good right. NEO. I, I thought Tyler was 14, 21 points better than NEO. They were three in OT. I, you know what, Nimi is just more consistent, man. I, I believe I can trust Nimi's consistency a little bit more. So we're going to disagree on that one, and I'm going to take Nimi this week. Yep, yeah, can't can't fault you for that at all. I think it's yeah, I think it's going to be a good matchup. And and again, I mean, we've seen the ups and downs from both teams. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that matchup specifically plays out. These these contests and in this conference are always. Uh, exciting and thrilling and and intriguing to watch. So uh, yeah, people need to be paying attention to to these guys that play at this level because there are some good teams within this conference. I tell people all the time that is some of the best football, man. It, it, it these teams are so even and it's so brutal. And a lot of these guys that are in these JUCOs right now will be playing in the NFL. You want to know where a large percentage of the NFL players come from? They come from the SWJCFC. So if you get a chance, you're close to any of them, definitely get out there and watch them. You're going to see some very talented players. Riley, that does it, man. And we appreciate it again. I really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I think as we head into week seven here, we have – we're going to really start figuring out some of these conference races. I think that's what I'm looking forward to here starting this week. What about you? Yeah, I think so. I think we're going to get a clearer picture, especially with some of these matches playing out. We're talking about key games every week, but as you get further on to the season, um, those key games become, you know, key to these conference races and one game 
could really decide the way some of these things play out because some of these conferences are, are tight and there's, there's four, even five teams that are contending for the title and have a legitimate shot at that. So, yeah, I think we're going to definitely have a, have a good idea, especially coming out of this week of some of these conference races or at the very least, a better idea of where some of these teams stand. We will continue to have plenty to talk about and we will continue the discussion on it next week we will be back with previewing week seven thank you so much for listening again thank you riley for joining us for joining me here for riley's as i'm Corey hogue until we meet again stay safe